All right, we're continuing on in the Gospel of John. Last week, if you were with us, you remember that we were able to look at the Feast of Booths or the Feast of Tabernacles and went through and saw Jesus' conversation and he ended the section explaining that we need to not judge by appearances but make right judgments. So he's going to continue on. We're going to pick it up in verse 25 and work through the passage and hopefully understand some things. Let's go through it. Starting verse 25. Some of the people of Jerusalem therefore said, Is not this the man whom they seek to kill? Remember just a little bit before Jesus is talking about the fact that there are people who are trying to kill him and everyone's like, What? Get out of here, Jesus! You're crazy. Nobody wants to kill you. Apparently, other people know about this as well. And he's speaking openly. And so now the people are starting to wonder, what's going on? Because if this Jesus guy is such a bad guy, if he's this false teacher, if he's going against everything, then how is he out preaching and teaching? So the people start to question. There's confusion. Is this not the man who they seek to kill? Verse 26, And here he is speaking openly. And they say nothing to him. You ever seen that before? Some situation comes up. Somebody's just running their mouth. Blah, blah, blah. Bad mouthing somebody. Person shows up. Good to see you. Right? When all of a sudden it's, it's go time, you're going to say what you really mean. Let's, let's do it. And they say, no, Jesus is here and we're not going to say anything. Could be what's going on here. They're saying the people are noticing. He's out here. They're, wanting to, they're seeking to kill him. Here he is. He's speaking openly. And they say nothing to him. Can it be? It makes them question. They start to question. Can it be that the authorities really know that this is the Christ? What's going on? I don't think they know that this is the Christ. In fact, it's that they're so blind. They can't see who he really is. We've talked about that throughout. They're blind. They're too focused on themselves and their power, and they don't want to give that up. They like that authority. They like those things, and so they're not going to give that up. But the people are wondering what's going on because you're, you're bad-mouthing him, you're saying all these things, and now he's open to preach. How does this work? But now they're also, they're also still confused, getting into verse 27. They're like, but wait, but we know where this man comes from. And when the Christ appears, no one will know where he comes from. So they're saying, well, because there was this idea that based upon a couple misinterpretations of some things in the Old Testament, that the Messiah would basically, they would know that he was born from somewhere. Where's that? In the Old Testament, where does it say that he's supposed to be born? Bethlehem, right, okay. But where was he actually from? People wouldn't actually know where he was from and and kind of this idea that he would just suddenly appear and there's the Messiah. But people know where Jesus is from, don't they? Haven't they said this? Nazareth, right? He's from Nazareth. And they're like, we know his mom and dad. He's preaching openly. They're saying he's this evil guy, but they're not doing anything about it. But, you know, the Messiah is just supposed to appear, but 
We know where this guy's from. There's a lot of confusion. Guess what? There's a lot of confusion today on who Jesus is. There's a lot of confusion on who Jesus is. So the people are asking questions. They're not sure what's going on. No one will know where he comes from. Now watch Jesus' response. (laughs) If you don't think that the Lord has a sense of humor, then one, you probably haven't looked at your own life closely. (laughs) Because when I look at mine, I'm like, wow, Lord. (laughs) But, Jesus, if you read Scripture, you see this stuff all the time. Look what happens here. They just said, we know where he comes from. Right? Verse 28. So Jesus proclaimed as he taught in the temple, you know me, and you know where I come from. Right? So he just affirmed them, hey, you know me. You know where I'm from. You know mom and dad. But I have not come on my, of my own accord. We've heard this throughout John. He who sent me is true. Notice he's switching the conversation. He's switching it. He's not talking about just where he's from. He's switching it to talk about the one he's come from. Okay? He's switching it on him. He's saying, I haven't come on my own accord. It's not my own desire. This is ultimately the one who sent me. He's true. He's good. I'm coming to do what he has for me. And look, in him, you do not know. He just said, you know where I come from. But then he switched the conversation to start to talk about God, who he came from. And he said, you, you don't know him actually. He's messing with them. He's like just pointing it out to you. You do not know what you're talking about. Oh yeah, you think you know me. You do not know who I am. And you do not know him who I come from. That's the problem with the world today. It's through Christ. Listen carefully. If you're here and you do not know this, I want you to hear this today. It is only through Christ that you can know God. The only way. He's not the best of many ways. He's the only way. And if that's true, if it's true that He's the only way, then we have to proclaim this to people. We have to do a better job getting this message out. Because either, if we're not getting it out, then here's, here's where it goes. If we're not getting this message out, then either one, we don't really believe it, or we don't really care. We don't care enough because I know some of you have talked before and you're like, I want to share the gospel and I, I have this person on my heart, but I don't know. I, I'm not doing it. I don't know what to do. Some of it is that we're scared. I don't know how to do it. I'm afraid they're going to ask a question that I don't know the answer to. If you know enough to follow Jesus, then you know enough to share about him. Now again, do we want to continue to grow in, in understanding what we believe in, why we believe it, as Brother Ferlin will mention a lot? Yes, we've got to grow in those areas. But with what you know right now, share that. Because you know enough, if you're a Christian, you know enough to follow Jesus. Share that with people. We have to do a good job if we believe that this is true. So Jesus is messing with them. He's like, yeah, you guys know where I'm from. But I'm from him and you don't know him. Continues on. He explains, I know him, for I come from him. And he sent me, showing that connection again with the Father, which he's done many times, showing again he is the Son of God. 
So here's the response, verse 30. <laughs> so they were seeking to arrest him, <laughs> right? He does that. He says these things. Now, all right, let's go arrest this guy. Why? Because of what he's proclaiming. This is an incredible part of this verse. Don't miss this. Sometimes we read in our quiet times or we listen, we just kind of blow right past things. Look at this. But no one laid a hand on him because he was super strong. No. Nobody laid a hand on him because he was hiding. No. But no one laid a hand on him because his hour had not yet come. This goes back to the discussion we've had many times on the sovereignty of our Lord and the Lord's timing. We need to grow in understanding that the Lord's ways, as we read earlier in Isaiah, are not our ways. His timing, guess what? Is always perfect. Some of your timing is not perfect. I love you. There's some of you who struggle with being late all the time. And what's interesting is those of you who struggle with being late all the time, you drive the other half in here crazy. (laughs) Right? Some of you are like, no, 15 minutes early is 10 minutes too late, or however that thing goes. Like, you're like, no, we get there and we're ready. Others of you are like, eh, we'll get there, but this butterfly is nice. (laughs) Talk to me for a second. Seriously, why are we sometimes late? Don't just say the other person. Don't say that. (laughs) We don't want to start any fight. Why why, why is it that we're late at times? What what happens that causes us to be late? Kids. Kids, okay. So the kids aren't ready. It's something that we can't control and they're getting ready and we can't get them to do anything any faster. Good. What else? What's that? Don't care. Okay, yeah. It's like, I'm going, but I'll get there when I get there because I'm not, I don't care about those people. Okay. Possible. Hopefully that's not everybody. But you can see, what side do you think coach is on? Do you think he's one that cries early or late? Yeah, you can, you'll be able to figure out from some of these answers. So there could be moments that we're not as thoughtful. Okay. What else? Run out of gas. Hope you're not implying anything there since that's my daughter. Yes, brother. Cleaning up the breakfast dishes. Things we got to do. Work we got to do. What else? This side. What's that? Idle time. time. My guests. Guests. Other people, right? I mean, a lot. Sometimes it's other people. I was on my way here, but this person hit my car, or this person stopped me, and I had to talk to them, and I couldn't walk away because they're my second cousin. What's that? Non-driver. Yes. Okay. Yeah, Ashton. Okay, got to look good, got to get things right. I'm running a little... Not just physical, but like even just mentally. Like, all right, had a fight this morning. I got to not look like I'm aggravated so people don't suspect me. Okay, <laughs> got to get our stuff together, or at least appear to. Anything else? Roy, yeah. I'll be crucified for this, but makeup. Yes. <laughs> I don't know why you're wearing makeup, Roy. That's terrible. If y'all could see the look he's getting from that booth from Susan, I can see it. He can't see it yet. Yes, in the back. I'm, I'm late a lot. Okay. You don't know. You're like, oh, I'm going to get there in plenty of time. It's only five minutes away. <laughs> 17 minutes later, we're not there yet. I don't get it. Right? We don't know some things. Okay. Yes. My dogs. Your dogs. Again, I'm, we're hearing a lot of things. So now listen, check this out. Check this out. Yeah, brother Ray. 
Okay. We <laughs> now, here's the thing, but listen, check this out now. Listen, everything you've named doesn't pertain to God. There, he knows everything. He knows exactly how long something needs to take or what. He knows everything, right? He's not worrying about getting ready. He's already perfect. And so are you, all your husbands would say, so are you ladies. But he is perfect. Nothing else can stop what he's doing. Oh, all of a sudden something's going to happen. He's going to go, oh, I didn't see that coming. Now I've got to work something else out. No. He never learns anything. He knows everything. So if he knows everything, nothing can stop him, then that means his timing is going to be perfect. But I feel like a lot of us really feel like his timing isn't perfect sometimes, right? We struggle with that. We struggle with that. And that's where faith comes in, and we have to trust that he's right, he knows what he's doing, and his timing is perfect. Okay? Let's get back into the text. They couldn't touch him. They wanted him. We're going to arrest you. We're going to do whatever we want to you, Jesus. We're going to get you. And nobody lays a hand on him because his time hasn't come yet. Believer, be encouraged. No one can do anything to you that God does not allow. Realize that. Okay? It's all under his sovereignty. Now, are there choices, bad and good, that are being made? Yes, that's also why it's incredible because he can work all that out. And everything that happens to you, believer, listen to me, he works it for your good and for his glory. You're like, this doesn't feel good. Trust him. He's doing something incredible with it. And at the same time, we have to stay away from sin and bad choices. It's this incredible paradox that exists. There is nothing that can happen to you that surprises the Lord and that he doesn't allow and use for your good and for his glory. So when you are fearful of possibly proclaiming the gospel to somebody of what may happen to you, or as our country continues to go a particular direction and Christianity becomes more and more unpopular, you be faithful, you hold fast, you share the gospel, and you trust God. This is what Jesus always was doing. He was entrusting himself to the Father. That's what we need to do. 31. Yet many of the people believed in him. There are still these people who are believing, even though all this is going on, there's confusion. They're going to arrest him and the things he's saying, because look why. Look at the logic. Here's what they said. Yet many of the people believed in him. They said, when the Christ, the Messiah, when the promised one appears, is he going to do more than this? Because he's doing a lot of stuff. He's doing things that are shown in the Old Testament. It's like, no, this has got to be him. We need to help the world see that this is him. Some of you have even Jewish friends who are not yet followers of Jesus. And they're saying, we're still waiting on Messiah. And you say, no, he's not gonna, there's no Messiah that's going to do more than this guy. You've got others who say, oh, I just think there's something else out there. there. There's nothing else out there. It's Christ. No other plan where someone comes and dies for you as a sacrifice on a cross to take away your sin and give you the righteousness of Christ. No other plan like that. Every other plan says, work really hard and hope that you make it to heaven. Ours says, Jesus did the work. Trust in him. You get his righteousness. He takes away your sin and makes you white as snow. That's what's beautiful. We've got to keep this in mind. 32. So now the Pharisees, we've got these guys coming back in the picture again, right? 
The religious teachers, the guys who as Ashton was talking about earlier, like they look really good on the outside and they're just filthy on the inside because they're all about appearances. And this is a struggle for some of us. I want everyone to think that I follow Jesus really well. I want everyone to think that I'm this great Christian. I've got my life together when truly inside I'm an absolute mess. Now listen, let me encourage you. We're all a mess. (laughs) Every single one of us. But he makes something beautiful from that if you will trust him and follow him. The problem is we keep trying to do it on our own, in our own strength, and that's never going to work. So the Pharisees are back, religious guys. Here we come. They heard the crowd muttering these things. Uh Uh-oh. Their people are starting to doubt. They're starting to want to follow Jesus. And the chief priests and Pharisees sent officers to arrest him. The officers go, get him. Jesus then said, notice he doesn't run away and hide again. My time's not coming. Come yet. I'm going to keep preaching. Jesus then said, I will be with you a little longer. And then I am going to him who sent me. Referring back to him who he came from earlier, right? Verse 34, you will seek me and you will not find me for where I am, you cannot come. Specifically, meaning those in the Pharisees and those who are not believing, they're not going to be able to go where Jesus is. They cannot. Kind of like when we talked about last week with Jesus' brothers and the world cannot hate his brothers because they're of the world. Same type of thing going on here. They cannot go where Jesus is. The Jews said to one another, what does this man intend to go that we cannot find him? Again, they're thinking earthly again. What's he going to do? Hide in a bush around the corner? We'll find him. just feel like Jesus just sometimes. <laughs> but I feel like he does that with me too. You know? Like sometimes I'm supposed to be following things he's teaching me. He's like, again, Billy? Really? We're doing this thing again? Uh, But you know what? He says, I love you. My mercies are new each morning. Cling to me and let's keep moving forward together. And we rejoice in that. Does he intend to go to the dispersion among the Greeks and teach the Greeks talking about a lot of the Jewish people who had gone out and living among the Greeks other places. Is he going to go out there? Teach those people? What's he doing? What does he mean by saying, you will seek me and you will not find me? Where I am, you cannot come. Conversation seems to end. And then we transfer over to verse 37, which fast forwards, this feast was lasting, this is probably on the seventh day, the last day of this feast, the Feast of Tabernacles. And I want to sit here for a few minutes in these last couple verses for our ending time together. Verse 37, On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out. (laughs) They're trying to arrest him, and they're still not grabbing him. And he stands up. The big day on the feast If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Those of you who have been going through John, we've heard this type of language before. Talk about eating his flesh, drinking his blood, these type of things. But he says, let him come to me and drink. Verse 38, whoever believes in me. So what's the drinking? Believing. 
Whoever believes in me, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said, now we get a little commentary here to give us some clue what he's talking about. Now this he said about the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not been given because Jesus had not been glorified. What this is saying is he's talking about these rivers that are going to be flowing. But they didn't have it yet. Even those people who are really believing in Jesus at this time, they don't have that yet because Jesus needed to be glorified first. His glorification comes first, the death on the cross, and then after three days, the resurrection. His glorification. We're talking about the resurrection, and then he's around for 40 days, and then he goes to heaven, right? And he says, wait. You guys wait. And I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you. That's what it's talking about. That has to happen first. So that happened. We see that in the early book of Acts. He goes, and then the Spirit comes on the believers, the disciples. That's what he's talking about here. So, I'm hoping we can have a visual. I need a volunteer. I'm sensing there's somebody that really wants to volunteer in this area. Thank you, Mr. Roy. I appreciate that. And I just want to possibly show maybe what this looks like for some of you who are a little bit more visual. These are very nice. I don't want to break them. Okay. All right. Got paper towels just in case. Roy, if you'll come over, stand up here, please. Your job's going to be to hold this bucket. Okay. Right here? Yeah, or maybe on top here okay. with your back hand. Something like that might work, hopefully. It. it does. Hopefully it's not going to shoot out at you. All right. I, I might have filled this too much. <laughs> Go ahead and lift it just a tick. Yeah, right there. Good. All right. So what Jesus is saying, go look at the text. Come to me, those who thirst. Okay, first of all, that thirst, that comes from God's Spirit working inside of you. And come to, to me and drink, he says. This really is similar to Isaiah 55. If you read Isaiah 55, which we did, Jamie read earlier, in the beginning it's talking about coming to him and drinking if you're thirsty. But what happens is, once we believe, as Scripture has said, out of your heart will flow these streams of water. Okay? So what we're going to try to do here <laughs> is this is going to be our heart up here, okay? Now, I need you to use your imagination a little bit. Every analogy, everything always falls short. But I want you to imagine, I'm going to pour some in here. I want you to imagine that this is just staying full all the time. I'm going to keep adding to it, of course, because I'm going to have to. But imagine that this is just staying full. Let me start low, and then we can act like you're being baptized. <laughs> Go ahead and lift it up right, there. There we go. I'll bring it up and try to keep it within the... There you go. Can you see some of the streams coming out? Okay. So as the Spirit comes into our heart, that's regeneration, we have the Holy Spirit, it's going to flow out of us. That's what He's going to do. It's just going to flow from our heart, this stream that's going throughout our body. Now again, I need you to imagine, of course, that this is just the Holy Spirit. It's not like we get a little bit of Him 
and when we're saved, and then he's just like kind of gone, and this and that. When you are, Scripture says, sealed, sealed with the Holy Spirit, you have him, not it, living inside of you, okay? Living inside of you. Now, that's the idea, if you ever heard sometimes of, in most cases, baptism of the Holy Spirit, perhaps, um, this is the idea that you're being regenerated. You are full with God's Spirit. Now, there's also other places in Scripture that seem to say that we also need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Have you heard that in Scripture before? Be filled with the Holy Spirit. So, what we want to think about with that is a different category. We have, as Jesus is talking about here in John, we have the Spirit where He comes on us, comes in us, and we are saved. And you have these streams. That's salvation. Now, some of you may be saying, well, why at times does it not feel like I have the Spirit flowing through me? Right? I just don't feel that way sometimes. Well, what we have at times is, again, it doesn't change the fact that we have the Holy Spirit. We have Him. But we do have the cares of this world that come into our life. We have things that get on us. We have sin that enters our lives, okay? We have sin that comes in. Sin comes in our lives. Unrepentant sin. Then we have the fact that we need to be reading our Bibles and studying God's Word and bringing God's Word in, and we don't really do that. Where are we at here? Thank you. We have our prayer lives where we need to be crying out to God to hear from Him, to be sensitive to His Holy Spirit, as Brother Parks was mentioning earlier, so we can be guided by Him. And then we have the body of Christ that we are to be a part of. We're to grow with the body of Christ. We're to love one another, serve one another. We're going to sin against one another. We're going to have all these issues that we have to work through and that too might have an issue we'll go this way so now I don't want you to forget it's not like you lose the Holy Spirit we have the Holy Spirit he is inside of us and we have him there's just times that it doesn't feel like he's really flowing from our heart to the other parts of our body okay this doesn't mean you don't have the Holy Spirit. You still have Him. But when the conversation, sometimes when being filled with the Spirit is mentioned in Scripture, it's talking more about being full because of your faith in Him. And instead of, and it really relates it to this, Paul does it in Corinthians. Listen to what he says. He says, don't get drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit, a command. Why? Because the way, that if you're going to wine or drinking, Ultimately, the way the good things, the way it makes you act, okay? You're joyful, you're having a good time, you're all these things. He's saying, don't rely on that, but be filled with God's Spirit and rely on that for your joy, for your peace. And so it's ultimately linked to belief when we get to there. Now, again, belief in Christ, salvation, we have the Holy Spirit. That doesn't change but in our hearts. But as the Spirit is to kind of flow from us and then the fruit of the Spirit comes out of us, we tend to slow that down sometimes. How do we do it? By not being with God's people, by not being in prayer with Him, by not reading His Word, memorizing His Word, and staying in unrepentant sin. 
When we do that, it's just a drip. It's just a drip. Now, the spirit again, this, this, this is full, right? We have the spirit. Lord, I want to go. I want to grow. I want to get more. Please give me more of you. So you come to church and you get around God's people and you go, you know what? I feel a little bit better. You ever had that? Start to get with God's people and you feel a little better. If you stop there, guess what? It's not going to go well for you. You need more than just that. But yes, it might get a little bit better for a little bit. And then, oh, I'm in the Word. I'm feeling even better. Starting to grow. Yes. Praying. Where's our other one here? And I'm confessing my sin. And now those streams are flowing to other parts of my body again. Okay? You can set it down, Mr. Roy. Thank you. You didn't even get wet, did you? No. I'm glad I've been exercising for that. (laughs) It's true. I probably should have had some help for him. All right. The Spirit, it's not like He comes on us and leaves us. That's what happened in the Old Testament. That's why you'd see David crying out, don't take your Spirit from me. When we have the Spirit after after Pentecost, after early Acts, we believe He fills us. We have Him. But then we're also told, don't quench the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. What's going on there? We still have Him, but there are these other things that are blocking. If you're not a Christian, the point today is you need to, get, you need to have the Holy Spirit. You need to cry out to Christ. If you are a Christian and you're like, I feel these streams, I know I have the streams because I'm saved, and I feel these streams in every aspect of my life, praise God, we rejoice with you. But probably for the majority of us, there's some areas where you're like, I'm just not filled with this joy. I'm not filled with this peace, this hope. I'm struggling in maybe this one area. That's what we cry out to God and we say, please help me. Show me, God. Show me my sin that I need to repent of. Show me your word. Show me your glory, your beauty in your word. Pray, Lord, where do I need to get plugged in? If, you're not, if you don't live here, then you need to go and be a member somewhere of a church and be a part of a faith family so you can grow. If you're around here, we'd love to talk with you about it. These are the ways we respond during this time. Make sense? Tracking with me? Okay. Let's pray. Father, we are thankful that it's not our work that brings you to fill us with your spirit, but it's the work of Christ. And we have to respond to you in faith, in belief, and as we do, you save us from death. You save us from sin and our shame and our guilt. And Lord, what's even greater is the fact you you save us from that, but you save us to yourself so we can be in right relationship with you. And then from there, everything else can flow with our relationships with husbands, wives, children, everyone else. God, I pray for my friends here. I pray for those who are here who do not know you. I pray that they would cry out to you today. I pray that during our time, they would come down and show this congregation that you're speaking to their hearts and we can talk through that and as they believe, they can move towards baptism to proclaim their, their faith. Lord, for those who are already following you, but we just feel right now that even though we have these streams that are in our heart, we feel like some things are not making it out of us. Just 
impatient or angry or or depressed, discouraged. And not that we're always going to feel great with our emotions, Lord. But we should have ultimately a deep joy and a deep peace and a deep hope that is just incredible and can surpass anything else. So for those of us who are struggling with some of those things, help us to see where we need to grow. Show us our sin. Help us to have a hunger for the Word. Lord, many of us in here started a new reading plan and we're kind of a little bit behind. Lord, I thank you for them and I thank you that they're trying. Please continue to help them to try. Help us to pray, Lord. Help us to to pray without ceasing. Set aside time. Get into the prayer closet and cry out to you. Get out on the water, whatever it is. And Lord, I pray for everyone in here to be a part of the body of Christ. Lord, as we're saved, we become a part of the body of Christ, certainly, but to find a local expression of that body and to be a part. Because we're not complete unless we have everybody here. We thank you for this time. Please show us how to respond. If people need to come down, I can pray with them. They can pray at the altar area. Whatever you have for us, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen.